Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa, as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text MONICA to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on this Wednesday. We are midweek and I'm so happy to have you on board. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Don't forget me on social media, Instagram at Monica Crowley underscore and Twitter and True Social at Monica Crowley and also by email at Podcast at gmail.com. I love hearing from you guys. Seriously, send me emails. Let me know what you thought of that Kelsey Grammer interview. Very curious what you guys thought. That was last Friday. If you haven't heard it, please go check it out. It is just a powerful and beautiful conversation. And I want to hear from you guys about it. Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. As you can tell, um, I've kind of lost a little bit of the sexiness in my voice from that head cold that I had all weekend and on Monday's show. Still have it a little bit, right? Still, uh, still coughing a little bit, but Mucinex works wonders. Uh, so does nasal spray. Um, so I am feeling better. Thank goodness. No, it was not the Rona. It was just a basic head cold. We've forgotten about, you know, basic germs in the world because everybody's been so focused on COVID. Um, but no, just a regular run of the mill head cold, just enough to piss you off. That's what this cold was. Anyway, I'm feeling better. Uh, I've lost a little of the Kathleen Turner sexiness that I had on Monday, but that's all right. I am back to normal or almost. All right, guys, big shows to round out the week. Coming up on Friday, we're going to be joined by Tara Reid, the woman who was a young aide to then-Senator Joe Biden, who came forward to credibly accuse him of sexual assault. Of course, the media then did what they always do, which is circle the wagons, ignore and discredit her, and protect the Democrat in power. Whatever happened to believe all women? That was a mantra of me too, right? Believe all women, 
even when they're lying? Oh, no, believe all women. All women are telling the truth. That's what the left told us around the clock. Yeah, except for women like Tara Reid, who accused Democrat men. We saw the same thing with the Bill Clinton accusers. It just never ends. But Stormy Daniels, whoa, believe her for sure. You know, porn star, oh, she's credible. Porn star who has denied the whole thing in the past, believe her, and lock up Donald Trump. We'll talk with the brave Tara Reid about all of this, her story, Donald Trump, Stormy Daniels, and much more. That is coming up here on Friday. You're not going to want to miss that. Okay, today, I want to focus big time on China. We haven't done this in a while, but this is, today is definitely the moment to talk about this. Every day is the moment to talk about this, but today we're really going to emphasize China. President Xi just concluded a three-day visit to Moscow with President Putin. The implications of this will be catastrophic for us and for our interests, possibly for decades to come. Joe Biden's weakness created this epic disaster. And we will all be paying for this for a very long time. I am absolutely infuriated. Guys, the United States has spent so much time, energy, and resources since the original Sino-Soviet split in the early 1960s to keep these two countries apart, Russia and China, apart. Everything we have done for decades has been designed to keep these two apart. And then in two short years, Joe Biden's weakness has driven them together. And the impact of this is going to reverberate again for decades to come. Gordon Chang is going to join us shortly here to take it all apart. We are well into World War III, even if we don't know it yet. I know it. You know it. Most of the American people, I, I don't know if they know it. They're busy on TikTok, which is part of World War III. But after today's podcast, you will know it. That's why I tell everybody, you got to tell all your family, friends, colleagues to listen to this show. Okay? And thank you for that. First up, the Monica Memo. There are reports that President Trump will likely be indicted today. Now, I am speaking to you in the morning. So by the time you hear this, maybe the indictment has come down. Maybe it hasn't come down. Maybe they won't indict at all. I don't know. But as of this recording this morning, Wednesday morning, Trump is likely to be indicted. All of this activity with security and coordinating with the feds and all this other stuff, I don't think that they would be doing it unless they anticipated an indictment. And as they say, you can indict a ham sandwich. So we will have to see, but as I am speaking to you this morning, it does appear likely that the indictment may come today or tomorrow, but that President Trump won't appear before a judge in New York until next week. This is according to the Daily Mail, who reported this late last night. And they're trying to uh, prepare for communicating to Trump, which again, as I speak to you this morning, sources are saying that Trump and his team have not been alerted to any kind of uh, notification of indictment. 
as of this moment. Again, by the time you hear this, that could have changed. But if this comes down, then Trump will have to fly to New York next week, where he will be arraigned, fingerprinted, and pose for a mugshot like a common criminal. Um, Before we get again into some of the bigger points about all of this and how incredibly dangerous all of this is, I want you to listen to two clips that we have pulled from Robert Costello, who is a former federal prosecutor who also served as Michael Cohn's attorney for a while. Michael Cohn was Donald Trump's you know, uh, attorney, but basically enforcer for a while in business for uh, the Trump organization and for him. I had met Michael Cohn during the 2016 campaign. He handed me his card. I still have it in my desk. Michael Cohn, and he was so, um, he, he so revered Donald Trump. You know, Mr. Trump that, and Mr. Trump this, and Mr. Trump is wonderful. And then, of course, all hell broke loose. And Michael Cohn apparently is the star witness for Alvin Bragg, the New York district attorney, who is a Soros district attorney. He was elected courtesy of George Soros's $1 million that went into a radical PAC that supported Alvin Bragg's election. By the way, Alvin Bragg's election in New York was not held on a regular general election day. It was held on like a random day, which happened to be the last day of school in New York City, which meant nobody came out. Do you know how many votes Alvin Bragg got? Alvin Bragg got 85,000 votes in a city of 8 million people. All right. So they set up the DA's election strictly so they could get Alvin Bragg elected. Nobody was paying attention that day. Nobody was going to the polls. City of 8 million people, Bragg gets 85,000 votes and wins because nobody came out. So you see how the entire system is rigged. Michael Cohn, oh, Mr. Trump that, Mr. Trump this. He's so fantastic. I worship him. Um, Tables turned. He testified against Trump on this whole Stormy Daniels hush money bogus thing where there is no original crime, no concealment, no secondary crime, and out of the statute of limitations. So all of this is completely a farce. It's a total sham. It is a railroading of Donald Trump. And it's all hinging on Michael Cohn. Now, all kinds of prosecutions use you know, maybe convicted criminals to testify against a bigger fish. That happens all the time. But using a convicted perjurer, Michael Cohn is a pathological liar who was actually convicted and served time for perjury, for lying under oath. Okay. So his whole case, first of all, there is no crime, no underlying crime, no secondary crime, no crime. And then he's hanging the whole thing on a convicted perjurer. So this brings us back to Robert Costello, who at one point served as Michael Cohn's uh, attorney for a while as a former federal prosecutor. He came forward, no ax to grind in this and said, wait a minute, everything Michael Cohn is telling you and telling this grand jury is a lie. He testified this weekend, tore into Cohn's credibility just ripped him to shreds, called him an unstable liar. Listen. I'm the one who decided to do this. A lot of people cautioned me against it because I had nothing to gain. The only thing I'm doing is trying to tell the truth, 
to the grand jurors. Because I read all these lies in the, in the media that are being promoted by one side. If you see the full picture, you know, listen, if they want to go after Donald Trump and they have solid evidence, so be it. But Michael Cohn is far from solid evidence. This guy, by any prosecutor's standard, and I used to be deputy chief of the criminal division in the Southern District of New York, I wouldn't have touched a guy like Michael Cohn, especially if he's a convicted perjurer. Not to mention, as I said, the 50 to 100 lies he told us that are in those 330 emails. And here's Costello again. Michael Cohn, in my uh, opinion, was lying about just about everything. I specifically told them that there were two main points that I wanted to make clear, that Cohn had told us that when we first met him, that he was suicidal. Why is that important? Because when you're suicidal, thinking that that's the only way out of your legal mess, and you're presented with the following options, that you can cooperate against Donald Trump and provide information that would get you a get-out-of-jail-free card, and you respond to us, I do not have any information on Donald Trump. And he said it many times during that two-hour meeting. I swear to God, Bob, I don't have anything on Donald Trump. And I had my law partner who knew Michael Cohn for 10 years on Columbia Grammar and Prep School here in Manhattan because Cohn was on the board of directors. Yeah. Uh, and when I heard him say that he was suicidal the weekend before standing on the roof of the Regency Hotel, I didn't know whether he was a drama queen or telling the truth. I want you also to take a listen to Alan Dershowitz here, um, Harvard law professor of longstanding, represented Trump in one of the impeachment trials. He is a classical liberal, cannot believe what has happened to his party, to the left, etc. Um, and he has come out strictly on the law. And again, he's not a Republican. He's not even a fan of Donald Trump. He's just one of the last remaining people on the left who actually believes in the rule of law. Here is Alan Dershowitz uh, this week talking about how this uh, a potential Trump indictment is a violation of the law. Oh, it's such a violation, not only a violation of American law and civil liberties, it's actually a violation of the Bible. The Bible instructs judges two things. Don't take bribes. That's obvious. But the number one thing is don't recognize faces. And that's why it violates every core of American value. Okay, guys, so here's what you really need to understand. The corrupt communists do not care. They do not care about the facts or the law, or the Constitution, or anybody's rights. They're not about the system, because what they are about is destroying the system. Do you understand? All of the things that I just mentioned here, the facts, the law, the rule of law, the Constitution, anybody's rights, all of those things are obstacles to be removed. They're boulders on the road to Marxist tyranny, which is their ultimate objective. All of these things are to be removed by force if necessary. And that's exactly what this Trump indictment is. It's force. Do you see it clearly? This is force. Communists use coercion. They use force because human nature wants freedom. So the only way you get to communism, to Marxism, to their ultimate objective is through coercion. It's through force. What they're doing now is in lieu of the barrel of a gun. 
We're about to talk about China here. The Marxists across the centuries have used the barrel of a gun to enforce equality, to enforce their doctrine, to enforce their agenda. They haven't quite used the barrel of a gun yet, but we're getting close to it here, okay? We are going to talk about China here in a second. But what they are using is lawfare. They've weaponized, think about that word, they've weaponized the Department of Justice. They've weaponized the courts and the legal system. They have weaponized it. In other words, metaphorically, they have turned the judicial system and the legal system against us as if it were a gun. This indictment is force. They always use force to get what they want, which is power and control. And the biggest person standing in their way right now is Donald J. Trump. But he's just one man. They're going to try to dispense with him. But what they're really after is us because there are millions and millions of us. We are standing in the way of them getting truly what they want, which is the fundamental transformation of the nation into a Marxist model with them, of course, in the vanguard, at the top, in total control. So yes, this is about Trump, obviously, but he is the symbol of what they are trying to remove and destroy so that they can get what they want. Nobody teases it out to the logical point, as I just did. They are trying to destroy him and the America First movement and us, but the logical next question is, To what end? And now we know to what end because I'm telling you that. Eyes wide open, guys. Eyes wide open. So the Biden regime is targeting its political enemies like we are no better than some tin pot dictatorship somewhere in the world. And at the same time, our worst enemies, Xi and Putin, have just concluded a three-day state visit in Moscow where they were hamming it up over taking over the world. At the exact same time, Joe Biden was hosting the cast of Ted Lasso and other sitcom stars at the White House. So our enemies are plotting the takeover of the world, and Joe Biden is meeting with Jason Sudeikis and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Taking over the world, Sitcom stars. Is that not the perfect symbol of where we are right now? When we come back, we're going to talk to Gordon Chang about China, about the China-Russia summit over the last couple of days, and what it all means for us. China now is our premier enemy. They are setting up a unipolar world with them at the top. Right now, we've seemed to have slid into a new bipolar situation with the United States and China, rather than the United States and the Soviet Union during the Cold War. We now seem to have slid into a bipolar uh, world with the other pole being China, but China's ultimate goal is to achieve a unipolar world with them as a single pole. And while they're doing that, Joe Biden is yucking it up with sitcom stars. So when we come back, we're going to talk to the great Gordon Chang about all of this. Plus, TikTok, get it off your phone. And we got a lot more coming up straight ahead. 
Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy And you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. Well, this is the absolute best guest to have with us today on the subject of China, which is really not just the subject of the day, but the subject of the century. Gordon Chang is a columnist, lawyer, and author, most recently of The Great U.S.-China Tech War. You should be reading all of his stuff on China because he is one of the most preeminent and keen observers of China and the war that we are currently in with China, which, and I've said this repeatedly, is far more dangerous than anything we ever experienced during the Cold War with the Soviet Union. Gordon joins us now. Welcome, Gordon. Thank you so much, Monica. Well, it's so good to have you here, and there is so much to take apart. And as I told the audience, you know, I've sort of tangentially mentioned China over the last couple of months on this show, but we haven't really done a deep dive into it because our domestic situation has been such a mess, and we've been focused on that and elections and so on. But the existential threat that we face from China is absolutely critical for every American to understand and absorb. Um, first, let, let's unpack a lot here, Gordon, but first, your thoughts on this three-day visit of China's president for life, Xi Jinping, to Moscow, meeting extensively over these last few days with Russia's President Vladimir Putin. And before we get into the bigger strategic dangers of this burgeoning alliance, what specifically came out of these talks? Very little, Monica. Um, There were agreements. Um, Beforehand, uh, Russian media said that they were going to be significant. They really don't appear to be. Um, And so... Uh, In that sense, um, we haven't seen very much in the way of advance of China-Russia relations. But, of course, what went on behind the scenes is far more important, um, and we'll learn that over time. The other thing is that people had sort of thought that uh, Xi Jinping would call uh, the Ukrainian president, Vladimir Zelensky. That did not occur. Uh, 
because China had actually proposed a 12-point peace plan on February 24th. The heart of it was a ceasefire, um, and people thought that Xi Jinping would try to play the role of peacemaker. Um, but that did not occur. Uh, I, I assume it will occur in the future. Um, but the fact that these two guys, Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping, got together um, really tells us a lot about uh, epical events. But the specifics seem to be a little bit lacking. Well, I guess perhaps that is a good sign because Putin has desperately wanted lethal aid to help its war against Ukraine. Um, and they've wanted that from Xi for a while. Um, if that were to happen, what would the consequences of that be? Well, China's been supplying lethal assistance from almost the beginning of the war. And in the last couple of months, uh, China's been much more open in the supply. Um, in the beginning, um, there are reports that uh, China was feeding location data to Russia. This is data that the, um, the Chinese got because the Ukrainians were operating Chinese-made drones. So the Russians took the location data from the Chinese and then took out the Ukrainian drone operators. Um, recently, though, China has been supplying material lethal assistance. So, for instance, um, they've been selling drones to the Wagner Group for use on the battlefield in uh, Ukraine. Right, yes. And there are a number of reports that almost every day an AN-124, which is the largest cargo plane in the world, leaves Zhengzhou in central China and carries ammunition and other high-consumption rate items for Russia. Uh, we're seeing uh, spent Chinese ammunition fired by the Russians in Ukraine. And a couple days ago, a Ukrainian, uh, a Chinese-made drone was shot down in Ukraine. So clearly the Chinese are supplying that lethal assistance. This violates the red line, quote-unquote, of the Biden administration. Um, but we have not seen uh, the Biden team impose any costs for those red line violations. And of course, Gordon, we know why that is happening, and that's because we have a weak, feckless, and deeply compromised president in Joe Biden. And specifically, well, I mean, it's incredible that the war in Ukraine is the crossroads for the entire Biden family corruption, right? So we we know that the, the Biden family has gotten tens of millions of dollars from corrupt actors in Ukraine. And we also know that they have raked in tens of millions of dollars from the corrupt actors in the CCP. And that, of course, comes to these crossroads in this war. So how can you expect the American president to want to get involved, first of all, to have stopped this from, from the start? As President Trump has said, it never would have happened under his watch. Putin never would have gone in. But he did go in. You would have had a strong American president in Trump uh, bringing the parties to the table to try to achieve a diplomatic and political settlement here. Instead, you've got Joe Biden totally compromised on all sides who does not have an interest in peace because, again, this war is a money laundering operation for him and the rest of the globalists. So when you have an American president that doesn't want to and is unable and or unwilling to negotiate a peace, you're going to have the Chinese trying to play that role, as you just pointed out, with their peace proposal. But can you unpack for us, Gordon, how dangerous it really is to have an American commander-in-chief who is compromised by our worst enemies. Yes, uh, we've, we've never had this before in our history, Monica. Right. Um, and this is playing out in a backdrop 
of uh, the world dividing. Um, we have now Russia and China are the core of a new axis, along with their proxies, Iran, North Korea, Algeria. And uh, Xi Jinping is not bashful about it because the moment that he left Putin, um, as they said their goodbyes, the Chinese leader said uh, something like, quote, um, we are seeing changes that have not occurred in 100 years, and we together are driving those changes. And that's almost a direct quote. And so these are ethical changes. The Biden administration doesn't want to recognize them. Um, the great democracies are in disarray. And the world's worst actors are now driving events. So um, this is a time of great peril for the United States and our friends and allies around the world. Um, because uh, the administration, you know, there, there's the issue of corruption. Um, but in also... Biden seems to be stuck in a world three decades ago with policies that were misguided then and are terribly dangerous at this point. Cold War mentality, which is really not serving us very well at all in the 21st century. That is true. And in retrospect, it does look like the CCP colluded with actors here in the United States and the globalists around the world to choose and install Joe Biden. But that's a conversation for another day. It really is unbelievable that we're in this incredibly dangerous position. And I think most of the American people are really angry that we're in this position. Um, all right, uh, Gordon, let's turn for a second here to um, what President Xi might be calculating going forward. He has been sitting in Beijing, watching Putin's invasion unfold, watching what's been done right and what's been done wrong by the Russians. And he's watching it all with an eye toward his own possible invasion of Taiwan. First of all, what lessons do you think she has been taking from Putin's experience? I think the most important one is the failure of deterrence. Uh, if we go back to um, 2021, um, the United States the 27 nations of the European Union and Great Britain, and that's the coalition that was arrayed against Putin, had an economy that was 25.1 times larger than Russia's. And yet Russia felt bold enough to invade. Um, you know, you had earlier mentioned um, President Trump saying that this would not have occurred under his watch. In fact, it didn't occur on his watch. Um, before his watch, you had uh, Putin grab Crimea and parts of eastern Ukraine, the Donbass, in the Obama administration. We had four years of quiet during the Trump era. And then, of course, uh, in February of last year, uh, Putin, during uh, President Biden's administration, uh, invades the rest of Ukraine. So um, clearly, whatever President Trump was doing worked. Um, and what we're seeing right now is extremely dangerous. And I think the Chinese see the, the failure of deterrence as the most important lesson. The other lesson that I think he's, that Xi Jinping is taking away is that um, Western sanctions have not been able to stop Putin. And we know that Xi Jinping has been trying to sanction-proof his own regime. Um, they've been working on this now for more than a year. So um, as you say, the Chinese are looking at the Ukraine war, they're uh, learning, and they are stockpiling for the next war, which I think they will start. And I believe that it will start unless something changes. And right now, 
I just don't see things that are changing. You've also said, you know, it's clear that she is making clear preparations for war with Taiwan. Our enemies always tell us exactly what they believe, what they intend to do and how they're going to do it. They usually put it down on paper, whether it's Mein Kampf or, or anything else. And the West just with wishful thinking and willful blindness just does not see it until it's way too late. And I think in this circumstance, we're, we're looking at the same kind of thing. All right, Gordon, please stand by. So much more I want to do with you on the subject of China not to be missed. First, so guys, I want to take a moment to welcome our new sponsor, Nutrafol. Ladies and guys, we all want to look and feel our best, right? And our hair is such an important part of that. If I told you how long I spent on my hair every day, especially when I'm going on camera, forget about it. You wouldn't believe it. Our hair is our crowning glory. But did you know that 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair? If you're among them, please know that you're not alone and that there's a solution you can trust to deliver real results. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol is a simple addition to your daily routine. Just four pills a day, and you'll begin to experience thicker, stronger, and faster growing hair in just three to six months. As Nutrafol's powerful ingredients bring your body back into balance, you may also notice improvements to your overall well-being, including more restful sleep, Yay! Less stress, yay! And better skin and nails, yay! And when you subscribe, you'll receive automatic monthly deliveries so you'll never miss a dose. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code MONICA to save $15 off your first month subscription. This is their best offer anywhere, and it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L, Nutrafol.com, promo code MONICA. We're coming right back. We're back with Gordon Chang. If Xi were to move on Taiwan, the U.S. response would be what under Joe Biden? We don't know. Um, we, we had a hint. There were four times when Biden told reporters that the United States would defend Taiwan militarily. But all four occasions, his um, subordinates contradicted him. Um, Jen Psaki, when she was White House press secretary, Ned Price, State Department uh, press secretary, press spokesman, um, and then Lloyd Austin, defense secretary. They all contradicted Biden. And that was fascinating because under our system, it's the president who makes foreign policy, not the White House press secretary. Um, And I think what the Chinese saw was a White House in disarray. And so, therefore, I I think that they took a lesson that the United States was just not prepared to confront them. The the bigger story, though, is that countries in Asia will feel that they have to get involved. And one of those countries is Japan, which is our treaty ally. Um, And the reason is simple, and that is for a Chinese invasion of Taiwan to be successful, they have to impose a blockade. For that blockade to be effective, 
It's got to include sovereign Japanese territory, specifically the island of Yonagumi, which is actually south of Taipei. And on a clear day, you can see Taiwan from Yonagumi. Um, so that brings in the Japanese, and that means that brings in the Americans. And so I think that what we will see is a wider war in East Asia if Taiwan is the target. Yeah, I tend to think that, yeah go ahead. Just one quick thing. I tend to think that China, if it invades somebody, will probably go after Japan. And that certainly brings in the U.S. because we have a mutual defense treaty with Tokyo. Well, I mean, that then you're really talking a world war. I mean, th- this is not 19th century stuff or even early 20th century stuff, Gordon. I mean, th- this is <laughs> this is you're describing a potential conflagration that will it, it just consume the entire world. Um, it, you know, look, I, I've said this on this program. When you have a weak American president and a United States that is either weak in real terms or perceived as weak, our our enemies, of course, are going to advance. The bad guys go wild. This is the lesson of history. American weakness is provocative. And, you know, the bad guys would be remiss. They would be doing a dereliction of their own duty if they didn't advance now while there is a weak American president. So you can't blame Putin or Xi for taking full advantage of this moment. They got a window of opportunity here and they're going to take it. If there is an invasion of Taiwan, um, it, you know, the, the weak need response from Joe Biden, which I, I guess we can anticipate, our allies in the region, Japan, South Korea, the Philippines, Australia, uh, they're, they're, uh, this is going to be just a complete implosion. And if that were to happen, what would the geopolitical implications be? It's global war, as you said, because I'm sure, you know, we, we've already got a war on the western end of the Eurasian landmass. And we're talking about war at the eastern end. And and we got to remember that um, when China pounces, North Korea is going to do something provocative because China controls North Korea when it wants to. And I'm sure that Iran's going to go after Israel or Saudi Arabia. And Algeria will go after Morocco, Morocco being um, the oldest friend of the United States, the first country to diplomatically recognize the United States. So that's um, both ends of uh, the big continent. Um, that's also um, North Africa and um, Middle East. So we're, we're going to see, I think, conflict spread fast. That's not to say that this is inevitable, um, because nothing's inevitable, but Um, Biden, as you say, is projecting weakness. Um, He doesn't want to acknowledge what's happening. Um, He doesn't want to take those steps that are necessary. We know the Chinese are fast preparing for war. Biden is preparing to talk to the Chinese, and they're not willing to talk to him because they show utter disrespect for the United States. And that, by the way, is the message of the Chinese spy balloon. Why would China think that it could fly that enormous object over America's nuclear weapons site and we would just sort of accept it? Um, That's because they have really, at this point, a belief that the United States is in terminal decline. And they're not wrong. I mean, certainly under this president, they're not wrong about that. Um, You know, you mentioned the spy balloon, and that's all part of a longstanding... Oh, by the way, before we get into the sort of longstanding CCP doctrine of unrestricted warfare, um, Gordon, I have to ask you, there was a report just a couple of days ago that the Chinese 
are just blowing off Biden's phone calls. So it's not just she blowing off Joe Biden, but also the military to military contacts as well that the U.S. is trying to reach China and there's no response. Now, I know from personal experience, uh, Gordon, that when I send an email or make a call or send a text and I don't get a response in a timely way, I get super annoyed. It's so disrespectful and it's rude, right? I'm like, if you don't want to talk to me, fine, just say, hey, I'm really busy. I'll get back to you in a couple of days. Okay, that's that's fine. But to not return it at all is incredibly rude and disrespectful. And now we have it on an up, epic level here with the Chinese uh, regime not returning the Biden regime's phone calls. That also brings us to a very dangerous moment, right? If we can't communicate the possibility for miscommunication in a conflict or driving into a conflict goes way up. Well, first of all, Monica, I can't believe that there are people who don't want to respond to your email. <laughs> I mean, that just to me is that's beyond my comprehension. Very um, sweet of you, but it does happen. Uh, on, on the uh, other issue, which may not be as important, um, there is, I, I think, in Beijing a belief that they don't have to deal with the United States. Now, I'm not a big fan of communication with the Chinese. And the reason is that Beijing has been engaging in bad behavior for decades. Every time they do that, and this is also the dynamic with North Korea, every time the Chinese engage in bad behavior, we sort of appear desperate to talk to them. Uh, you know, we send our Secretary of State to Beijing. Um, the Chinese, you know, they just humiliate us. So I think that at some point we shouldn't be trying to talk to China. Um, and I believe that point is long past. But the fact that if you do in, try to talk to Xi Jinping and he doesn't return the call, that is another sign that the Chinese don't believe that they have to deal with the United States anymore. That's really ominous. So, you know, and this is not just Xi Jinping blowing off uh, Joe Biden. This is, of course, um, the, um, the Chinese defense minister, who, by the way, is a minor figure in the Chinese system. Um, blowing off Lloyd Austin, our Secretary of Defense. So this is a happening across the board, and it's a very, very bad sign of China's mentality. And that means that they are tempted to do things that are going to be um, extremely belligerent, that are going to cause conflict, war, whatever. And and we are just not in a position right now. We, we don't have a president prepared to defend us. Um, so... I, I can't see how this gets even more dangerous, but I'm yeah. sure that it will. You know, that's a very interesting point that you just made, Gordon, which is that China doesn't feel like they need to deal with us, hence not returning the phone call. Um, you know, it's one thing to, at, to do it as a gesture of disrespect to the weak American president, but it's you're making a bigger point, which is even more dangerous, which is they believe that they're the global leader now. They've been staking out that position for decades. It looks like they're close to achieving it if they haven't already. So the idea that they don't need the United States, that, that's a really important point. Gordon, thank you for that. Um, let's turn here to the CCP and the PLA, People's Liberation Army, they described in the 1990s a concept called unrestricted warfare. Again, our enemies always throughout history tell us exactly who they are, what they believe, and what they intend to do. The CCP has been no exception to that. So in the 1990s, they put out a document 
unrestricted warfare. What does that mean? It means warfare against the United States and the West to achieve global domination through political, economic, military, and cultural means. Also, the CCP and PLA have engaged in elite capture, capturing the elites of the West, whether it's political leadership, financial, economic leadership, uh, sports leadership, the NBA, in every direction, and that has been incredibly successful. Hollywood, they've muted all of these voices because their market is so big. Oh, look, we have a billion plus possible consumers for you. It's it was the greed aspect that they went for and the power aspect. And they got they got all of our elites across the West. All right, Gordon, please hang tight once again. There's so much more I want to get to with you. First though, guys, you know, we're talking about the economic impacts and and reverberations of the the China threat and so on. There's so much coming at us economically. The Fed keeps raising rates because it's the only tool they have to keep inflation under control and it's not working. You can't spend your way out of inflation. You've seen the impact on the stock market. You've seen the impact on your savings, right? Hedge inflation now by owning gold, whether physical gold and silver in your safe or through an IRA in precious metals where you can hold real gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Buy gold and get a free safe to store it in. That's right, on qualifying purchases from Birch Gold Group, now through March 31st, they will ship a free safe directly to your door. Just text Monica to 989-898 to get your free info kit on gold and to claim eligibility for your free safe. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied customers. Text Monica to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold and to claim eligibility for your free home safe by March 31st on qualifying purchases. Again, text Monica to 989-898. We're coming right back. Okay, we're back with our final moments here with Gordon Chang. China, under the CCP, is a surveillance police state. And we are quickly becoming one, too, with their help. So, again, we all know about the spy balloon, but can you talk to us about the other ways the CCP is surveilling us from hosting police stations in our cities to TikTok? Yeah, starting with TikTok, um, there was one large spy balloon that entered American territorial airspace on January 28th. Well, there's more than 100 million spy balloons on the phones of Americans, and that is TikTok. Um, TikTok, despite repeated promises, has continued to surreptitiously and illegally surveil Americans. And they know quite a lot about uh, that because they've collected that data um, and they use that data for a couple things. First of all, they just feed it into their artificial intelligence systems in general. But also, um, they then take the data and figure out what motivates each of those TikTok users. And remember, every American president once was an 18-year-old. Um, and so this is important information for them. They can figure they, – they've got the most sophisticated, commercially available um, – um, algorithms to determine what people like and what people don't like, which is the reason why TikTok has been so successful. It is addictive. 
And that means they, they know from the data that they take from your phone what you want to see and what you don't want to see. And then it sends you messages that propagate their narrative. So, for instance, last year, they were amplifying Russian disinformation about the war. Um, they pushed critical race theory. They used TikTok to foment violence on American streets. That's 2020. Um, and also, I think, you know, they've been pushing fentanyl use. That's unrestricted warfare, Monica, as yes. you point out. That is a project to weaken America. Absolutely. And, you know, the Chinese version of TikTok is all rainbows and puppies, and they're pushing poison, literal poison uh, with fentanyl onto our kids and, and adults, but also, you know, metaphorical poison via TikTok. What do you say, Gordon, to Americans, especially young Americans, especially those on TikTok, who say, you know what, I'm nobody prominent, I'm not a big deal, what do I care if the Chinese have my data? I've got nothing to hide. Yeah, well, I know a lot of people think that way, but as I mentioned, some of those Americans end up being president um, and um, <laughs> they can be subject to blackmail. Mm -hmm. I mean, nobody wants to be blackmailed, but uh, you reveal your preferences on your phone. And we know that kids um, put some stuff on their phones, um, which um, I don't know how to say this delicately, um, but which is ill-advised. Um, so there's that. But this is ultimately not an issue for 18 year old an 18 year old to decide the national security policy of the United States. That's up to a guy who sits in the Oval Office. His address is 1600 um, Pennsylvania Avenue, Northwest Washington, D.C. And it's up to that individual to protect the United States because that is his most solemn constitutional duty to protect the United States from foreign attack. So. Yeah, I don't really care what an 18-year-old thinks. I do care, though, that the president of the United States is not defending the U.S. President Trump tried to force the sale of TikTok. When he was unsuccessful, he banned it. One of the first things that Joe Biden did as president was to reverse that ban. And he, Biden reversed that ban despite knowing that this was a national security threat. Well, that's exactly right. Um you know, we talk about TikTok, and that is a huge Trojan horse for the Chinese. Um, how else has have the Chinese infiltrated the United States? They've done it through universities, uh, intellectual property theft, stealing our technology to advance their own military and, and economic advancement. But how else have they infiltrated us? And what do we be? What do we need to be paying closer attention to here? China uses every point of contact with the United States to try to take down our society. So it is, as you point out, across the board, Monica. Um, you know, I don't even know where to start with that question. But the one thing that we can talk about, um, because it's been news at the end of last week, was that a spokesperson for Hunter Biden's legal team um, said that, yes, Hunter received large amounts of cash from a Chinese company. But it was, quote, uh, good faith seed funds. Now, that's an admission of corruption. It's an admission of corruption because corruption is the only explanation why a business concern would pay such large sums of money in the absence of a contract um, and the absence of a business relationship. Um, so we know that that money went to Hunter, went to his uh, sister-in-law, um, Holly Biden, went to his uncle, James Biden, 
and then went to an account which was just simply listed as Biden. And we know from um, the uh, James Comer, the uh, chair of the House Oversight Committee, that there are 12 transactions between Chinese entities and the Biden family. And that's just the start of their investigation. So we have to ask that uncomfortable question is, has China bribed the president of the United States? Mm -hmm. And we have to ask a corresponding question. Has, is China blackmailing the president of the United States? Um, and these go to the questions that you were talking about, which are grave. Um, I don't know any other word for it. You know, in our final minutes here with you, Gordon, the, the threat is so sophisticated and our enemy is clever and more disciplined than we are. And I want to just share with you, President Nixon, when I worked with him during the last years of his life, uh, President Nixon used to talk about the differences between dealing with the Soviets and dealing with the Chinese. And he said, you know, the, the Soviets, the Russians were very emotional. They were drunk most of the time on vodka, and they, they would pound the table like Khrushchev with a shoe. And, of course, they were lying to you, but everybody knew that they were lying. And, you know, it was all it was very, very performative, whereas with the Chinese, he said they were always inscrutable and they never betrayed anything on their face. Um, and I think that that is 100 uh, percent true. And we certainly now do not have the leadership under this administration to deal with that effectively. So how do we counter this? I know that the House GOP has the committee on the CCP going. Um, they're trying to stop some of this. But how are they doing and what else is it going to take to counter this threat? It will take the severance, uh, severing of relations with China so that um, – Influential portions of American society no longer have a financial interest in betraying our country. Um, and that means cutting trade, cutting investment, technical cooperation agreements, closing their consulates, stripping their embassy staff down to just the ambassador. Um, these are things that are not politically possible now. I, I know that they will strike Americans as extreme, um, but we have seen um, hints of the maliciousness of the Chinese system. And we know what the Chinese are saying. They believe that they are the only sovereign state in the world. Um, and they're now even talking about the moon and Mars as sovereign Chinese territory. I, yes, it's ludicrous, but no, I'm not exaggerating. And I think as time goes on, we will see that uh, more severe measures are necessary. But in the interim, Americans can do some very simple things. We can tell our brokers to sell Chinese stocks, especially mutual funds that include Chinese stocks. We can, when we possible, not buy goods made in China. And we should demand that websites include country of origin labeling. And Senator Rick Scott of Florida is trying to make that the law. So each of us can, with our everyday purchasing decisions, can vote for freedom and vote against the malicious Chinese state. Well, absolutely. I mean, the average American really is wondering what we can all do about this. And encountering the Chinese threat is something that actually does have bipartisan support. So there is some hope on the horizon if we can get some strong leadership that understands uh, what time it is in the world and in the country with regard to the CCP. And, you know, everything that we just laid out, it, it assumes leadership 
um, with the political will to take this on. And we certainly had that with President Trump. We no longer have it, um, but we may get it again. And I think you just described what we all can do in the meantime. Buy American, you know, uh, take TikTok off of your phone. By the way, before we let you go, are you for a nationwide TikTok ban? I don't have TikTok on my phone. No, neither do I. I've never had it. <laughs> um, but again, there's some bipartisan support for perhaps that, perhaps other uh, aggressive action. But as long as you've got a president who is in this compromised position, any kind of legislation going to his desk likely to be vetoed. It's unbelievable that we have installed a real Manchurian candidate as President Gordon. Yes, we have. And we're going to have to wait it out. And until then, Americans are going to have to make it politically impossible for Biden to do those things that compromise our security. Mm -hmm. And I, I agree with you. The first thing we do is we get TikTok out of our country or we force a sale to an American um, business which has control of the algorithm. Well, that's just it. There were some conversations at the end of the Trump uh, administration, and I was part of a little bit of it at Treasury, but trying to get an American company that then will not be beholden in any way. Um, whether it's algorithmically or economically, whatever the deal might be to China, I mean, which would defeat the whole purpose of a sale. Uh, it just, it, it's a very complicated issue and we've allowed all of this to happen. So unraveling all of it, political, economic, military, cultural, all of this stuff, this unrestricted warfare that's been going on for decades, this is a long-term project for us. And every American needs to understand the nature of the threat and what we're up against. And Gordon, you've done a tremendous job in unpacking so much of this for us. So we can't thank you enough, Gordon. Well, thank you, Monica. I really appreciate it. Of course. Where can everybody find you on social media and your writing? I archive my articles for free on my website, www.gordonchang.com, and I tweet at, at Gordon G. Chang. Terrific. Well, Gordon's uh, Twitter feed is pure fire. So if you care about these issues, and you should, you should follow him there and go check out all of his writing on this stuff. Uh, Gordon, you are amazing. Thank you so much. Monica, you are amazing, and thank you so much. A pleasure. Well, what a phenomenal show, guys. A very important show. So glad that you were here, and thank you for that. Thank you for checking out all of our great sponsors. We're keeping a very close eye on the Trump Indictment Watch, so uh, join us here again on Friday for more on that, and we're going to be joined by Tara Reid, who credibly accused Joe Biden of sexual assault. She's got some things she wants to say about the Stormy Daniels-Donald Trump case, as well as her own story which is, it's a very brave thing that she is doing coming forward. The press and the left have crushed her and silenced her story, but we're not going to do that here on this show. That is going to be another show not to be missed. We bring you all kinds of stuff here on the show. The China threat, Donald Trump, election integrity, the border, and of course, Tara Reid's sexual assault accusations against Joe Biden. So you're going to hear her story directly from her right here on Friday. Have a great rest of your week, and I will see you then.